a very good example of the way that liberalism sort of takes any sort of anti-capitalist action or revolutionary thought and just completely stomps on it until it's devoid of any of the original meaning that it had is BuzzFeed and their attempt at feminism. Um, No, don't get me wrong. I was on that stuff when I was 11 years old. I was like, this is, they're painting, they're painting with their period blood. Have you ever heard of such a thing? No, art, (laughs) art. A true renaissance human. Now looking back, um, it's just like the new liberalization of feminism where they take inherently anti-capitalist sentiments and completely strip away any revolutionary aspect of a political movement and make it less so that they are ready to make quick profits off of it in a stupid YouTube video or where they put girl power in a t-shirt and sell it at Target, you know? And I think that liberalism is very good at doing this. If you're looking for answers, you've come to the right place. Have discussions with some people that all have a different case. She's been working and searching for every point of view. You'll find answers on this podcast. It's Red, White, and True. Yeah. Hi there, and welcome back to Red, White, and True a podcast that aims to navigate the world of polarized partisan politics. I'm your host, Chesney, and I use she, her pronouns. I hope everyone is having a safe November. As Thanksgiving quickly approaches, many of us are faced with the awkward but anticipated reintroduction of family dinners, particularly with family members that don't share the same political perspectives. Even on a day where being together is supposed to be celebrated, we draw a line across the table and create a divide caused by which candidate you cast your ballot for. Over the course of the next two episodes, I'm hoping to highlight the undermined complexities of the right and left before the holiday season ends in hopes that we can all enjoy pumpkin pie with fewer grimaces and arguments. Today, we start with the liberals, the Democrats. But before we jump in, there is something we need to clear out of the way. Something I learned recently from an impassioned English teacher is that both Democrats and Republicans are liberals with a capital L. They believe that individuals are society and adhere to secularist ideas such as freedom of press, speech, and religion under a privatized market economy, better known as capitalism. Where the parties differ is in what specific elements of liberalism they choose to adopt. For example, Democrats traditionally tend to be socially liberal, advocating for equal opportunity, racial justice, and body autonomy, while Republicans often adopt economically liberal ideas, emphasizing the importance of private property. Woof. Alrighty, with that out of the way, let's turn our focus to the modern liberals, also known as the Democrats or the American left. A 2017 study from the Public Policy Institute of California found that 46.5 of registered voters in California are Democrats, while 24.1% are Republicans. So it suffice to say that this is a pretty blue state with a generation of young people working hard to keep it that way, using the tools of the 21st century like TikTok and Twitter to spread liberal ideology, sometimes in the form of cancel culture. Parts of Gen Z are using their own term, peer pressure, to get others to adopt similar political beliefs or keep quiet. Whether you agree with the democratic stance on current issues or not, I invite you to analyze the party's behavior as a whole and whether it's moving us toward progress. Helping us to explore these questions is Carlmont Jr. Luisa Nunes. 
Hi, Louisa. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Hi, Chesney. I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so my first question is, what do you first think of when you hear the word liberal? What does that word mean to you? I mean, to me, it is an ideology that sort of opposes my personal ideology. Um, as a leftist, communist, anarchist, you know, whatever I feel on that day, um, I was thinking about how to best answer this question, and I figured that I would start with defining liberalism because I figured that um, often in politics, especially during sort of modern-day discourse, that definition is sort of clouded or unclear. Yes, um, thank you. So classical liberalism emerged with the development of capitalism in Europe, and it was a philosophy of the rising bourgeoisie. Um, it countered these sort of like previously feudalistic beliefs and shifted towards an ideology that stated that all humans were endowed with natural rights and a just society should therefore make sure those rights are protected and that all individuals have equality of opportunity. So that's sort of like what classical liberalism is and you know, there are all sort of different branches of liberalism, such as social liberalism and the sort of classical liberalism that we talked about today. But to me, liberalism or this sort of like new age neoliberalism, which is like the root of all evil. Um, and there's definitely a tendency for us to think that anybody that's like on the left of center to be considered a liberal when that's just like not necessarily true yeah, at all. Right. So I thought that... Um, sort of defining it is a good starting point for us. I appreciate that very informative definition. And yeah, I think it is important to bring up that the left is factioned into so many different pieces. Politics are a spectrum, just like many other aspects of our lives. So thank you. And an important distinction I want us to make is you mentioned neoliberalism. I would love if you could Give us some examples of what that looks like in a modern context, where you've seen it show up in the media. We neoliberalism and like the stage that we're at in late stage capitalism, yeah, just allows things to become so ridiculous almost. If you're gonna use something to depict neoliberalism, I think a really good example would be AOC at the Met Gala, <laughs> wearing a dress that says tax the rich while she's at a party that costs, like, what, $30,000 to get into while Black Lives Matter protests are outside getting arrested. Oh, you gosh. know what I mean? It's just, yeah. like, you can attempt to seem progressive or, like, you're on the left, but in reality, you are standing on top of a pile of bodies that are the working class so you can keep doing your stupid little bourgeois things and capitalism can continue to fester and make a hell out of the lives of millions, you know? Yes. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, that was her dress at the Met Gala was definitely a big point of controversy and I'm glad we could tie that in here. I think that's a really I mean, good I'm not necessarily make. slandering AOC, but I think... Oh. Critiques need to be made of her and obviously she's gotten a lot of heat and stuff just because of who she is right within like the political sphere that she's operating under but questionable choices for sure yeah you know as the liberal feminists say girls support girls exactly and that just like 
devoids like of any place where we can critique her like no that's not what feminism is about it it sort of pushes the narrative that feminism is out like empowering personal choices Mm -hmm. that you make in your everyday life and that um we need to be equal to men and these sort of like ideals um and it just functions and it strips down um feminism until it's nothing but like short little slogans you know yeah like girl power like i was about to talk about that later on that's kind of like the neoliberalization of feminism um when in reality feminism is not just that they're not quick catch slogans that you can say or a shirt that you put on or not even necessarily like not shaving or being a housewife it's a political movement a movement that seeks to liberate women and other gender oppressed people from capitalist white supremacy heteropatriarchy and all these systems are completely intertwined um and that is a point that liberal liberal media which is extremely exclusionary doesn't um make yeah and obviously like feminism doesn't seek to restrict women from making these choices in any way um but it instead sort of asks us um, to, like, analyze oppressive structures and institutions that um, kind of lead to these choices, which is something that liberal feminism just doesn't encourage us to do at all. It's about sisterhood and making each other better. And just saying girls support girls leaves no space for growth, you know, and question and introspection. What I really appreciate you bringing up about, like, you know, the t-shirts and the slogans that we've been kind of talking about is that it's almost like liberal feminism specifically has become a trend. And yeah. there's almost been this wave of liberalism where it's it's not socially acceptable to have any other politics. And I'd right. really love to know your thoughts on this topic because with cancel culture and all of these fads, oh yeah, it's definitely risen to prominence in the media. Okay, I think that... It's a really interesting phenomenon that it's now, like, if you're not a liberal or you don't have, like, somewhat left politics or even a centrist or whatever, then you're, like, you're going to be canceled at school or stuff like that. And it's just, it's very funny to me. And I think we're definitely in, we're kind of operating under, like, an eco chamber here because I know that we're in California. So everything, everyone here is mostly liberal and I don't think I definitely think that in a lot of other areas like we must say that that's not the case and Mm -hmm. um like bigotry um and like explicit bigotry is so like prevalent still in a lot of areas a very good example of the way that liberalism sort of takes any sort of anti-capitalist action or revolutionary thought and just completely stomps on it until it's devoid of any of the original meaning that it had is BuzzFeed and their attempt at (laughs) feminism. Um, No, don't get me wrong. I was on that stuff when I was 11 years old. I was like, this is, they're painting, they're painting with their period blood. (laughs) Have you ever heard of such a thing? No, art, (laughs) art, a true Renaissance human. And now looking back, um, it's just like the new liberalization of feminism where they take inherently anti-capitalist sentiments and completely strip away any revolutionary aspect of a political movement and make it less so that they are ready to make quick profits off of it in a stupid YouTube video or where they put girl power on a t-shirt and sell it at Target, you know? And I think that liberalism is very good at doing this. 
what I find really interesting is how you talk about how liberalism came from capitalism and now we see it continuing to like I don't know in a much smaller more niche way it continues to perpetuate that cycle by getting people to buy like no yeah products right no it's 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 so like fascinating and liberalism I rejigger to this it is the ideology of capitalism it has always existed to keep capitalism alive you know and we just see this in more and more ways what is your experience with performative activism in the liberal community specifically and this can be through any form of media whether that's social media conversation shopping trips at target (laughs) you know all of the above okay i think this is very interesting and we are sort of at a very good spot to sort of observe how this happens especially now that um we've sort of moved on from what i would say the biggest wave of performative activism there ever was with black lives matter last year right i cannot tell you the amount of like instagram infographics with just like insane amounts of misinformation that i saw spread last year and they try to do something. Maybe right. their heart was in a nice place, but it just kind of allows for specifically white people or people that are disconnected from any issue to do their part, kind of virtue signal to each other that are like, hey, I'm one of the good ones. Like, I'm on the right side of history. Um, right. And then just kind of, like, not touch that issue anymore and not further educate themselves. Now, I will say this. I think that sometimes performative activism can be helpful to an extent. Oh, and I, absolutely. Um, and I think a very good example of this was I had TikTok, the app, um, yeah. like, last October or something. And this really, really irritating teenage boy posted a TikTok, like... Oh my god, Some, uh, something along the lines like, oh, you're not pro-choice, that's so lame, dude, ah ha ha ha. And then okay. it was kind of like, wow, this man clearly does not know anything that he's talking about, <laughs> but he is pushing the correct narrative almost. Exactly. So I feel like like another 13-year-old boy is going to see that and be like, holy, holy crap, I'm super, I, I, I'm super lame, I have to get on this. You know, and it just kind of like keeps going like that. But no, it is inherently detrimental to a lot of movements. When people don't educate themselves. Um, but I just wanted to make that point. I think it's kind of like thank funny you. the way the internet operates. <laughs> yes, gotta love TikTok. No, thank you for that. And I think it's an important distinction to make that performative activism is not a reflection on the movements themselves necessarily. Yeah. But I, I do think that, yeah, it definitely still exists. And you're right. Well, it is pushing the right ideology. Ultimately, it's, it's, not, it's not where we want to be. Um, no, yeah. You should yeah. always, people, we should always encourage each other and others to, like, I, I think a lot of leftists always say this, but educate yourselves for the right. love of God. Read about your community's history. Read about the land that you're on. Read some theory. Theory, 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 theory. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. And also, I do want to talk about the idea of being woke. And how that's a term that's oh, thrown around God. a lot in the American left. And um, I think, yeah, we just need to talk about wokeness. Let's Why? talk about wokeness, Chesney. <laughs> Let's do it. it. Okay, so I feel like wokeness kind of 
is the more modern, the more woke. Oh god, no, I'm not gonna use no. it in its own definition. The conditioning the modern, runs so deep. It does though. It's the modern form of being PC or politically correct. Right. Um, which was also a weapon. So yeah, thoughts. Thoughts on wokeness. God, I think that being woke is just kind of other people who consider themselves woke kind of patting each other on the back, not doing any work or to further like educate themselves and then like calling it a day almost. Yeah. You know, I think that if you're unironically calling yourself woke, then dude, what? <laughs> um, clearly, like, you know, like anybody who is genuinely putting in the work and being a part of a political movement that is seeking to do, like, make real change, at, such as doing direct action, going to mutual aid, like, they're not calling themselves woke. I don't know if you've seen the SNL skit called, like, Woke Jeans. Oh my anyway, god, if you have, I have not. <laughs> no, okay, you it, should look it up because it's basically making fun of these jeans that fit nobody so they fit everybody. Like, again, woke uh, is this one-size-fits-all word that we use to apply to every issue when in reality, you're right, there are so many issues. and They're asking for a lot of uh, often, like, different things than what exactly. these people who are work uh, woke are, like, woke. regurgitating. <laughs> work. work. They're not working. They're not working. Um, they're woking. They're yeah. woking. Yeah. So thank you so much, Louisa, for joining me. Thank you for having me, Chesney. I really appreciate you listening to my little rants. Oh, any day. Oh, and actually, I would like to say something before we log off. Yes. To the listeners over here. Um, I've compiled a little reading list for everybody because I think that listening to me talk about these things is simply, it's not enough. I am 16. Um, you should take everything that I've just said with a grain of salt and you should do your own reading, even if it doesn't particularly a- appeal to you and your politics. I f- is um, sort of like some things that I talk about and like my best recs. So... Um, A Brief History of Neoliberalism by David Harvey is an excellent book and it kind of touches base on everything that we talked about and goes in depth on definitions and like the history of the movement and how it like really came to be. Um, And then sort of more on how feminism and capitalism are intertwined, how feminism became capitalist's handmaiden and how to reclaim it by Nancy Fraser. Feminism, Capitalism, and the, cunning hi- and the Cunning of History by Nancy Fraser, and Choice Feminism and the Fear of Politics by Mikhail Ferguson. Oh my gosh. Louise, I'm your biggest fan. Thank you so much for these resources. Got any thoughts? Email them to redwhiteandtruepod at gmail.com. Until next time, thank you for listening and have a happy Thanksgiving.